0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. Day one of the NFL Combine is in the books. So much to break down. Thanks for joining us on this instant Night one recap show of the NFL Combine. Defensive linemen broken into two groups. You had mostly the DTs in group one. You had the edge players in group two. Then you had the linebackers in group three tonight. Some explosive 40 times. Lot to break down. Going to share my instant reactions for what I saw on day one of the NFL Combine. Let's start off with the first D-line group, which was mostly made up of the big guys, the big defensive tackles, and talk about some players that stood out, talk about some guys that maybe improved their stock a little bit, because I think there was a lot to be impressed with from not only DL line group one, which is the DTs, the edge group, which was DL group two, and then obviously the linebackers uh, who rounded out the coverage tonight. So if we start with the guy who was the most impressive in the first group. It was easily Bryn Fiske out of Florida State. He ran a 4.78 40-yard dash time. That ended up being the official. He had a 1.68 10-yard split. Uh, he had fantastic. He had good jumps. He he had good 20-yard shuttle. He had good pre-cone. Really impressive performance uh, from Fiske. 20-yard shuttle was 4.37 on, on for Fiske. Uh He really has helped himself. He had a really good senior bowl week, and now he has continued that, that I think now you're going to start to see him definitively in people's top 50 big boards. Uh, I think you're going to see him now locked into two-round mock drafts. I think when the day started, he still was looked at as more of a day-two prospect, and he was going to go somewhere on day two. But I thought it could have been round three. Now this momentum is building. I think you're talking about a guy who now is probably squarely in the mix to go somewhere in the top 50. I think round two, he's coming off the board. uh, His athleticism, his explosiveness, the way he performed at the Senior Bowl in terms of winning one-on-one matchups. Really impressive performance uh, from him in the first day here of the NFL Combine. Another guy who I thought stood out... uh, and he's going to go around one, and that's Brian Murphy, the out of Texas. You know, checking in at uh, six feet, two hundred ninety-seven pounds. He ran a four point eight seven forty-yard dash time. This is talking about a guy who's almost three hundred pounds, and he ran a four point eight seven forty-yard dash time. Uh, he had a thirty-three-inch uh, vertical jump. He had a 9 on the broad jump. He looked great in the, the on-field work as well. So really impressive performance, kind of solidify his position as one of the first defensive tackles, if not the first defensive tackle taken in this draft, and one of the best defensive players in this entire draft as well. Some other guys who I thought stood out from that first group, uh, really impressive performance uh, from Ruke or Horro out of Clemson, he checked in at 6'4", 294, he ran a 4.89 40-yard dash time with the official. Uh, he had a 32-inch uh, vert and a 9.8 broad jump. He looked good in the on-field work as well. He's more of a Dave Parry prospect, but you put this type of performance out there, and I think you could start to see guys, listen, Dave Parry is a big range, right? We have round four to round seven. You put a performance like this, you're coming from Clemson, you're talking about a guy who could, who could climb now and maybe... Maybe he could sneak into the end of the top 100. But if not, I think you're talking about a guy now who's got enough entry with that athleticism at his size, at his frame, the college he came from. I think you're talking about a guy who pushes his way now into the early day pre-mix uh, with the performance we saw from him tonight. A uh, Amaiakai Wingo out of LSU. He checked in at six feet or so, 284. Uh, he ran a 4.85 40-yard dash time. Uh, didn't even run the second time. He was happy with that one. I mean another guy, two hundred and eighty four uh eighty-five pounds, really impressive. He had a thirty one point five uh on the on the vertical jump and a nine one on the broad jump. You know, for I don't think we realize the numbers that these guys are putting up at their size and frame are just staggering. I thought Wingle looked really quick and explosive in the on field drills as well. So he's a guy who I think is is Going to see his stock rise a little bit, and I think he's a guy that people are going to be more intrigued with and hasn't gotten a lot of attention. He's an intriguing, deep, depth tackle, uh, defensive tackle, but I think now the athleticism, he's going to have some upside traits, and I think you're going to see him raise his stock a little bit. Chris Jenkins, obviously, he's a guy well-known on that Michigan defense that led them to a national championship. Uh, He checked in about 6'2", almost 6'3", 299 pounds. He ran a 4.91. So we're talking about a guy at 299 pounds who ran a 4.91. He had a 30-inch on the vert and a 9.7 on the broad. Another guy who I think has solidified himself, locked him in probably somewhere on round two, mid to late round two. Uh, But he's a guy who I thought looked good in the on-field workout as well. Uh, Logan Lee out of Iowa. He's 6'5", 281. I think he's more five-tech, defensive end, kick inside on sub-packages and rush from inside. But he put together a really complete athletic package. Uh, He's a guy who, he ran a 5.05. But, I mean, if you look at some of the other athletic testing, he had a 31.5 on the vert. He had a 9.6 on the broad. And then his 20-yard shuttle time was 4.37. Far and away, uh, one of the best there. One other person had 4.37. No one else after that was even in the 4.4s four or the 4.5s. You have to go all the way to 4.66. And then he also had a 7.16 on the cone, which was the best of the, the big guys. Not only 7 or 8 of them ran, but you combine that, the historical data, it was a really impressive performance from Logan Lee, who, like I said, I think at his size and at his frame, we're probably talking about a guy who's gonna end up kicking inside uh, on sub packages and rush from the interior uh, but a guy who could maybe be a five tech defensive end so I had I had like a late debris grade on him, but I think the the complete athletic package here makes him a really intriguing player that has will see his stock uh, increase from this because he's got the length that teams I look for especially in those five tech defensive ends. And now some of this untapped athleticism that he tested out here, I think you're going to see him, uh, I think, move up a little bit in terms of people's ranks. But those were the the main guys, I think, from the first DL group that I, that I thought stood out. Uh, I think the most impressive by far was Murphy and Fiske, uh, but I did like uh, what a couple of the other guys did there as well. If we take this to the second DL group, which was our edge defenders. Now, I put a tweet out about this as well. I don't think we really understand just how freakish so many of these edge defenders are. They are running times that are faster than running backs, some running backs, many running backs, and some wide receivers. And they are doing it at, in body types that are 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60 pounds greater than some of these running backs and wide receivers who we're going to see run on Saturday. like It's just outstanding. If you wonder why teams look for athleticism for offensive linemen, it's because there has never been a time in the NFL that there's more athleticism on the defensive side of the ball in terms of the pass rushers who are trying to get after the quarterback. And I think today was the perfect example. When we look at this list, the story needs to start with... But not anyway, because there's so many impressive performances. But the story has to start with with Chop Robinson. 6'3 or so, 254 pounds. He ran a 4.48 official 40-yard dash time. 6'3, 254. You realize that 4.49 is going to beat 60% of the running backs, 70% of the running backs? And what are most running backs gonna check in at? Somewhere between 190 and 210 pounds, most of them? Two 190 to 210? So we're talking about a guy who is gonna be give or take 50 pounds more than most running backs who are gonna run on Saturday on average. And he's gonna and he ran a faster forty yard dash time than that. So it's a tremendous performance. There were so many comps and simsists, the athletic ability of Chop Robinson compared to Michael Parsons. I totally understand why. He had a 34.5 on the vert. He had a 10.8 on the broad jump. He had a 4.25 20-yard shuttle as well. He looked really smooth in the on-field drills as well. So Chop Robinson was coming there. We knew he was going to test out well. I think he even exceeded expectations, which were already high for how impressive he was going to be. Really impressive performance. From Chop Robinson, I think you see, if he was more on that late round one, I think you see him move up a little bit now, just based on these numbers and just how much of an athletic freak he is. Next up, guy you got to talk about, and he's one of the top defenders in the entire uh, class, and that's Jared Verse out of Florida State. A lot of people thought he was going to come out last year, uh, stayed at Florida State for another year. He's almost 6'4", 254. He ran a 4.58, 4.58 at 254 pounds. He had a 35-inch vert, 10-7 broad, 4-4-4 on the 20-yard shuttle, 7.31 on the pre-cone. One of the top edge defenders in this class. Looked really good in the on-field drills as well. But Shop Robinson and Jared Verse, I think, were the two guys that stood out the most. But they also came into the the, the day as two of the more highly regarded edge prospects in this class. Some other guy, and one other guy, I will group him in there too. Who also came in obviously very highly regarded uh, as one of the top guys uh Latu Latou at a UCLA. Now there were some we knew he's a very, very skilled pass rusher, very impressive, got an arsenal of techniques to get after the quarterback, has a good pass rush plan, but he needed to come here and test out and just check boxes, and he did that. First off, he came in at almost six foot five, two hundred and fifty nine pounds. He ran a four point six four forty. I think people were more worried that he was going to be like four seven eight, you know, up there. So he runs a four six four, so that checked off that box, and he's got the athletic package there. Uh, on top of that, he also had a thirty two inch vert and a nine eight broad jump. So that athletic package, with how skilled he is of a pass rusher, Latu is locked in somewhere mid round one, I would think, somewhere between ten and twenty you probably see him come off the board now. So I think Latu, Chuck Robinson, Jared Verse were the three biggest names that kind of checked off boxes and even outperformed athletic expectations uh, that we expected from them. Some other guys that I thought really maybe won the day in terms of getting more notoriety, the first one uh, was Jalex Hunt. Jalex Hunt out of uh, Houston Christian 6'4", 252, he ran a 4.64 40-yard dash, 37.5 vert and a 10.8 broad, looked really quick, really explosive in the on-field drills. I thought Jalex Hunt was a guy who, he had some intriguing traits to him, but I think now this takes his intrigue based on just how well he tested as a developmental pass rushing edge from a small school, but now this level of athleticism is going to intrigue teams. So when you get to the fourth round and you're looking for that guy, you know, I think he's going to be a guy now because I do think there's a little bit of a drop-off on how many underclassmen went back to school with the NIL money and the transfer portal. I think Hunting becomes a really interesting guy now somewhere in that early day-free range, uh, you know, with the performance he put here at the Combine. Another guy I want to talk about is Cedric Johnson, the edge out of Mississippi. He's another guy that's looked at as a day-free type of prospect. I thought he performed really well. 6'3", 260. He ran a 4.63 at 260 pounds. Uh, he had a 38-inch vertical jump and a 10-2 broad jump. So really great athletic package that Cedric Johnson put out there today in terms of his athletic testing. Uh, Muhammad Kamara is another guy out of Colorado State. 6'1", 248, he had a 4.57 official yard 40 time. He had a 34.5 vert and a 10.7 broad jump. I thought his complete athletic package really impressive as well. So I thought Kamara out of Colorado State, I thought Hunt uh, out of Houston Christian really helped themselves a lot. Uh, Cedric Johnson, like I talked about, Uh, Xavier Thomas, obviously from a bigger school, Clemson, 4.6240, he looked really smooth in the drills uh, Braylon Trace out of Washington. He ran a 4.72, uh, at sixth breed, 245. And I can go up and down this list. Eric Watts out of Connecticut, 4.67 at 254 pounds. So many guys really shined in this group that I, that I thought, you know, we can keep going on about how many guys. The one guy who I will say, I thought underwhelmed slightly for what I expected was Darius Robinson out of Missouri. Now, he tests his official 45 40 time was 4.95 now listen he's coming in at 285 65 285 but I think this type of athletic testing is going to have some teams questioning whether or not he could be a traditional defensive end or he's got to be more of a, a power stop which he is he's a power player but I think this might mitigate him a little bit more inside if for a guy who's got a round one round two grade I was looking at him as more of a guy who could be a traditional defensive end but then kick inside in sub-packages. I think some teams will be turned off a little bit by that testing time because they want their edge rushers from the outside to have more juice, to have more speed, to more have explosiveness. And Robinson didn't show that. Now, his complete package is still a very intriguing player. He's got great light, great production, great play strength, great power. So maybe he finds a home as a power, five-tech, set the edge defensive and who also gets up to the quarterbacks and maybe when he kicks inside and he's matched up with you know interior offensive linemen that's where we're going to see some more you know production in terms of the counting stats the the, the rushes the pressures the sacks you know path you know bat passes defend uh, about it down and stuff like that but I thought that 40-yard dash time may have hurt him a little bit in terms of the way he was perceived if we Take this now to the linebackers. Now, the linebacker group wasn't looked at as a very strong group in this class, but I came away really impressed. Now, a couple of things we got to start with. First off, Dallas Turner was running in the wrong group. I, I don't understand why they can't figure out how to get guys lined up in the right spot, but Dallas Turner should have been running with the edge group. But he was running with the linebacker group, and it is what it is. But I will say... We talked about Chop Robinson. We talked about Brandon Fisk today. Because when we take when you stand, 47 pounds. He ran a 4.46 40-yard dash time. If running backs run that, they're going to be fantastic. Many wide receivers won't hit that, like I said before. And he did it at 247. But that's not where it ended. That's really just where it started. He had a 40.5 vertical jump. And a 10-7 broad jump. Smooth. Fluid. Explosive. Can bend the edge. Can bend off the edge. Great first step. It's hard to envision a scenario where he's not the first edge off the board now. And it's hard to see a scenario where he might not be the first defensive player off the board. So I think there were some question marks about Dallas Turner's ceiling and upside recently. You weren't seeing him in a ton of top 10s. He wasn't always the first defensive player off the board. I think that's going to change now with how impressive a performance this was at the Combine. And we expect him to do well, but I don't know if anybody thought he was going to do this well. The other guy that I thought really shined and if the medicals check out, I don't think he's going to get past the top fifty picks. Is the more traditional linebacker, and that's Peyton Willis out of NC State. 6'4", Six four two thirty three. He ran a four point four three official forty time. He had a thirty four point five vert, a nine eleven broad jump. He looked smooth. He looked fluid. He looked quick. His film is great. Wilson is a guy who can anchor a linebacker unit for years to come. And I thought he checked off everything. If he checked out medically, I think he might have a real shot at being a top 50 pick. Uh, some under-the-radar guys, I thought Jordan McGee at a temple performed well. He had a four point five five forty 40-yard dash time. Uh... Thirty-five-five vert ten-four broad. I thought he looked good in the on-field drills as well. So he's an interesting day pre linebacker prospect that I, that I thought looked good. A guy on that one-two border, Edrin Cooper at Texas A&M. He ran a four-point-five-one. Looked really good in the drills. Another guy, explosive 34.5, thirty-four-point-five-nine ten on the jumps. So that those were the four linebackers that really shined today. Turner, Wilson, McGee, and Edron Cooper for looking for maybe another under-the-radar guy that I thought maybe had a better day today than maybe what we expected. I think I'd put that at Curtis Jacobs out of Penn State. I mean, all these Penn State guys, year after year, just test out fantastic. 6'1", 241, he had a four point five eight forty yard dash time. These Penn State guys I don't know, they're always, they're always some of the most impressive athletic testers. So I thought he outperformed maybe expectations. I thought McGee took a nice, had a nice showing today as a deep three type linebacker. I think Wilson and Cooper solidified themselves as two of the top off the ball linebackers in the class. And I think Dallas Turner solidified himself as defensive player one and edge one in this entire draft class. First time they've ever had the D-line and the linebackers kick off the combine. I thought it was interesting because these are some of the the most physical freaks that we have in the combine. Tomorrow will be the DBs and the tight ends, which is a really interesting day. That's the first time they've ever been grouped together. So we should see some really freakish numbers from some of the tight ends. Obviously, the the, the safeties and the corners always put on the show. Some really athletic corners, some really athletic safeties. So tomorrow we should have a lot of really strong 40 times, a lot of explosive jumps, uh, a lot of explosiveness tomorrow. I will say overall, and I tweeted about this as well, I think it was maybe as bad a combine coverage as I ever could remember. And I've been watching the, co- the combine for decades. And I've been doing Saturday Sunday now for seven or eight years, whatever it is. I can't remember... As poor coverage in terms of showing the audience. The truth of the matter is, and I, we talk about this all the time, even with the Senior Bowl, I don't know, I think they're misunderstanding who's watching the Combine. Just like they're misunderstanding who's watching the Senior Bowl practices. They make the show as if it's for a casual fan. I hate to break it to them. I, have, I know a lot of people who are football fans. None of them are interested in the Combine if they're casual fans. They like watching football on Sunday. They play in a couple of fantasy football leagues. But they're not obsessed with it. They're not obsessed with the NFL draft. They'll know some players in the draft. The people who are watching the Combine start to finish are the diehards. The people who are in double-digit fantasy leagues. The people who are in excessive amounts of dynasty leagues. The people that look at NFL draft mock drafts, and rankings, and watch film year-round. Those are the people who do analytics stuff year-round. Those are the people who are watching the combine. Why is it that we had so little coverage? I don't understand why they can't show us more to jumps. They don't have to show us the jumps in real time. But why can't they take... Five minutes, and like they do when they come back from commercial and they show the combat the 40 times that they missed. Why can't they run through and show the, 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 the vertical jumps and the broad jumps of these guys? Why do we need to take commercial breaks during the 40 yard dashes when we're going to have so much downtime later? There was a 70 minute stretch tonight where they showed nothing, they didn't show a single on-field drill when the when the edge rushers in D-line group two were doing their conversion drills, all the way until the linebackers went. It was 70 minutes of them filling dead time with just talking about prospects that already had performed and not showing the stuff that was actually going on at the combine. And then they get to the 40s, and they have to take like four commercial breaks during the 40-yard dashes, where they can easily strategically work it out that they should be able to show the combines on. Un- they should be able to show the forty yard dash times uninterrupted, and they could show more of the other stuff. They could show the jumps. I think the people who are watching the combine are interested by the jumps, especially for the guys who you know are going to test well. I know they show us some of them, but they show very few of the jumps. And I think the people who are watching this stuff would be intrigued to see more of that. So that's my one complaint. I won't talk about it again on any more the, the the recap shows. But I do, I do hope the coverage is a little bit better over the next couple of days because the people who want to watch this are invested, and I, we don't want to see so much dead time talking about the top prospects. Most of the people watching the combine know who the top prospects are, and yeah, they're, you can be talked about for a little bit, but we also don't need to talk about prospects that it's not even their day. We don't need to talk about the quarterbacks and stuff like that. that that's, that's Saturday. Focus on the guys who are performing today and show as much of the drills as possible. I think that's what people want to watch. But if for whatever reason, they try to make it more of a show to, to kind of cater to the casual fan, I still think the casual fan is watching the NFL Combine. So that's my one gripe about the Combine. I still love it. I still think it matters. I still think the guys we talked about today, a lot of them are winners. Some of them might have moved up five spots, ten spots in round one. Other guys might have moved up around. I, I do think it matters. And again, this is just the stuff that we see. There's so much behind the scenes that even matters more, but but it's it's fun for what it is. For some people, it's their introduction to these prospects, which is a great way to get started. You hear them, you hear Daniel Jeremiah does a great job, talk about these guys. You learn a lot about who the top guys are. So for some people, it's an introduction. For other people, it sends them back who really do this year round. It sends them back to the film to do cross tracks. It's fun to see their complete athletic package. So day one in the books, looking forward to tomorrow, the DBs and the tight ends. Then the fantasy goal day, they with the wide receivers, running backs, and uh, quarterbacks. And then rounding out with the big guys, the offensive linemen on Sunday. I will continue to do these short recap instant reaction pods each day. Hopefully you're enjoying these. I am live tweeting during every single 40 time, 40 run. Sharing my thoughts on the player, how they win, a draft projection, when they run their second 40, I, I, I tweet that out. I talk about what I see with the jumps or the, or the on-field drills. Nonstop on Twitter from the minute it starts to the minute it ends. Feel free to reach out to me, ask me questions, ask my pit, my thoughts on guys, whether it's for your NFL team, general evaluation thoughts on the player, uh, fantasy aspect of something. I, 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 love the interaction. I love the engagement. Uh, so hopefully there's a lot more of that over the next couple of days. So if you're enjoying this, please get over to the website, SS football fastest and easiest way to get there. Check out the premium content tab for nine 99. You get access to all of our premium notebooks. Uh, you can read online about them. You can reach out to me, but you get all three notebooks for nine 99 lot more coming in all of those notebooks too over the next couple of months uh if not that please wherever you listen to the website rate review subscribe checking us out on youtube is hit that subscribe and like button to help us out there as well as we continue to at least offer our podcast uh, on the youtube platform as well for people who spend more time on that than on podcast apps so on behalf of our sound tech engineer david Nicano and myself thank you for joining us and we look forward to next time taking you from saturday to sunday